Kiri, come on. I'm waiting for you. All right. Hold up. Come on. Ugh. Oh. Oof. We haven't started like that in a while. Yeah, we did that a lot in the first season. Yeah, it's been a while, though. I mean, going a little bit back to the roots. I'd say that. I like that. I mean, that's to, that's to keep things fresh, bring things back every now and then. How was first season? If you will get the question, like in an interview, what would you like people to get out of the first season? When that's they listen to interesting question. When to they listen to Oscar and King, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would I want them to say about the first season? First season. And the first season was basically from the January to the end of yeah, the last May, season. Yeah, May, June, yeah. So. I'd want people to say, these guys know their stuff. Okay. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, and I'm going to keep listening to them for that reason. And learning for that reason. I mean, there is a lot of uh, soccer experts and people that still knows about soccer, you know what I mean? Of course, yeah. And uh, what differentiate us a little bit is that we come from more of a um, fan perspective or from a I know that uh, soccer pundits they all are fans of the sports yeah you know and uh, as are we but we come from a little bit more from the human side of it from your side you know what I mean we're the ones that sit in the Club. We're the ones to sit in the living room. We're the ones to get up early to watch a couple of games. Mm. And uh, what I would like them to take out from the first season is that, oh wow, this is a new, fresh way to listen to soccer news and soccer stories than they're just regular sitting in the studio talking about staff. And uh, hopefully, we can make some friends. And it's good that we sit here again, man. How how have you been? I've been good. I uh, I told you this the other day, but I'll tell the listeners as well that so this past Sunday, uh, my my eleven aside team yeah. we had a little scrimmage um, with another club, and it was the first time you know the new season is starting in about a month or a few weeks or so. Right. So this, this was the first time I got out. And really, a lot of the guys got out and played eleven v eleven since. Then of our last season, or just a little local, local, yeah, Atlanta area amateur league, but very competitive, very fast paced and fun. Um, but this is the first time we got out since then. The last season was like Oof. May or so. So I mean, now he's just saying it, dude. I know. It reminds me that I haven't played in that eleven sand in a long time. <laughs> I mean, we've done. We've still been doing a lot of our usual talk about sons of pitches. Yes, and our greatest is that seven aside league. Yeah, like. And I love it, but eleven aside is certainly different. And often for me, sometimes I, you know, I sometimes do. I usually do sons of pitches uh, leagues twice a week, maybe right. Tuesday and Wednesdays or so. Yeah. Um, sometimes in the past I did three times a week. So then, then on Sundays to then go to from seven aside to two or three times a week to eleven aside on Sundays. Sometimes I find it kind of difficult to transition. I don't mm. know about you, mm. but. Uh, this past weekend, this past Sunday, I felt so good, no trouble at all. It really? felt so good to get back out and do oh, that. Inside. I miss it. Yeah, I miss it. I haven't been able to play yet, but I'm going to. Um, I haven't been able to play yet. I just missed one preseason game. Yeah, but I've been doing my own preseason. 
Yeah, you have been. I have. Yes. And I'm actually happy about it because it's not the easiest thing. You know, you go uh, so like after you quit playing soccer in a relatively serious level and you have work or you have other stuff to do, you it's hard to go back into that routine of working out consistently. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've been back at the gym with deciding, okay, I'm going to go from bottom up. So I've been doing a lot of runs, a lot of squats, quad, and just building the stability of my muscles. And that's basically started off when I realized that my quad muscle that used to be huge, well not huge, like now you <laughs> at home thinking like, what Being kind like of quad muscles? It's like Roberto Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I've had one friend. <laughs> I remember when I was young, it's like something as big as a Puyol, Puyol thigh. <laughs> really? Oh man, Puyol, Carlos Puyols, his thighs were massive. I mean, someone that had bigger than Puyol was uh, Ubafemi Martins. Come yeah, on, maybe, man. Maybe. He, I don't he, know if he's bigger than Puyol. That's tough. Dude, one Puyol. Or look at two he'll... Puyols was like one of my famous, man. No way, <laughs> no way. If anything, it would be the other way around. He also said, not to get too far away, but he also said Dwight Howard, the basketball, his yeah. shoulders, man. His shoulders. He's massive. Puyol thighs or Dwight Howard's shoulders? Dude. Massive. That's a monster, man. <laughs> How is that even possible, right? But you have been working out a lot. I've noticed this past few days. You've seen yes. more macho yeah so more masculine than yeah, usual i do i do my, my back is a little bit more straight up you know mm-hmm. i mean i've been running and for like 40 45 minutes and i've been uh, doing a lot of uh, hamstring and leg exercises but recently i've got into doing more back so slowly i'm mixing between cardio and muscle because i know when the 11 aside comes back in right you play 90 minutes and you get tired and the last two three years mm. when I started to come back into the 11 side play and just to make sure that we're not practicing there's no practices going on so we're not really we're just going in and playing 11 side and uh, I've been getting injuries like and most of them are the same it's a hamstring issue you know i pulled my hamstring now last three years in the fall and Mm. uh, i mean thank god i haven't lost i don't feel at least like my speed or anything like that this is still there you know yeah but i don't want to get injured and be out for like six to eight weeks and again like fuck come back again from this stupid injury when I couldn't prevent it. So now I'm back at the gym regularly and making my body stronger so I can feel like in my head that I am fit. And that's kind of what it goes down to eventually, right? I think so. so mentally is as much as anything, as much as physically. Exactly. Uh, so you've been talking about to me, you've been explaining us and I understand everything you said, but at the same time, you've been talking to someone that doesn't go to the gym regularly. I know, you don't, you don't. <laughs> that you, doesn't work out. Yeah. I mean, how, how can I get you into the gym? I don't know. No? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe if you put some video games or... If I, show that I, if I show that I become better <clears throat> than what I am right now, just that I added the gym work, will you go to the gym? Well, 
but I don't know how mo- much more I can show to impress you. Well, I I mean, I don't know if that would work because... I mean, my goal yesterday didn't impress you, did it? I don't remember what it was. You did. You don't remember my goal? No. I mean, I remember my goal yesterday, so that's okay. Your goal was that open goal, man. Yeah, it was a tap-in, but still. Still, you <laughs> the run, you have to give the credit for the run. I was going to lob over the keeper, but... So I faked it like a lob, but then I put it underneath him. So he kind of went out, and then I put okay. it. So I did the Quality. opposite. Quality. But yeah, I don't you. know if, if you get in much better through the gym, which is entirely possible. That's what likely will happen. Uh, I don't know if that would convince me, because just this past few years, I yeah. I think I've got become a much better player with all this stuff with Sons of Pitches uh, and with uh, Majestic, my uh, EDSL amateur team. I've become a lot better, and I haven't touched the gym once. So or I did once, and I did legs, and it was awful. And I, was like, <laughs> and I haven't done it again. So, man, my challenge would be to somehow make sure that you start building, building some muscles. All right, good luck. Not that you're fat. We're here, and we are happy that you are here with us too. Absolutely. To another excellent episode of the Oz Coaching King Soccer Podcast Show. stuff have happened man um like usual you know we are playing and we are coaching and we're doing so much things but there are some there also life next to it you know what i mean like uh you know i told you kaylee got into a car accident mm-hmm. you know so now there's a total loss of the car so and both of me and her were you know upset and sad she took it very hard because she's been driving darling that we call her for a long time and uh, even with like soccer players right like most of them have families they have family they have kids they have that also normal normal day-to-day struggle you know mm-hmm. what I mean like Beyonce shits too you know it's like they have that on the side as well um, but yes most of their thinking and routines and the daily life is very much surrounded soccer right and uh, And that's what they devoted themselves to for sure from a young age and uh, when a player comes to a new club yes it's almost like um, when a new kid comes into the class Mm. a little bit Mm. like maybe you have heard about this kid maybe you heard about this player you know 
what you would get also you you know that oh shit he's going to be the most popular in the class or whatever right or most beautiful girl in the class you know what i mean i remember one time when um, we when we were in fourth grade i think okay okay i think when we were in fourth grade we had a new girl in our class and uh, we didn't know anything about her right just her name and we hoped that she was a beautiful and cute girl so we one day the teacher said okay she's here and we you know sneaked to the parking lot to see you know this new cute girl that comes in we were like thinking like all right this is going to be like a pretty creepy i know right i know mm-hmm. but you know we, we we were very interested and curious about this new girl and when she came we, and saw her nah man oh my god no <laughs> you know we decided not to that yeah that was not what we expected at all and that happens in the soccer too like you get that bad surprises but when you see you new in a in a team how do you think that player should act do you think there is like a secret or unwritten code oh i think i know where you're going with this. yeah is it something like that like when a new player comes in to a new team. I've thought this. I've wondered this. Um, and I, I... Honestly, I don't know if I have a good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the only thing I could say, which may be kind of an easy way out, would be it depends on team to team. I guess person to person. So maybe there is no universal code for new players or for old players to treat how they treat new players and the like. Uh, but, I mean, I guess if it's... If it's just any, I know for sorry for, for one thing, clubs they often are like families are yeah. the best of times there. The club te- the players are like a family together. They have great times, or I often think of them as like a fraternity as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean they have great times together. They do things for each other. Um, sometimes they have these little games or inside jokes or initiation. Initiation sort of, right? like in soccer teams is like. I see in Quadrado's uh, Instagram page and he posts a lot when the new players are singing a song in exactly. front of the team. Exactly. So, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of teams have stuff, you know, little games or so like that or funny moments like that. Um, particularly for maybe up and coming young players or yeah. new players that aren't world beaters or anything like that. But then if, like, <laughs> if... Ibrahimovic goes to Manchester United. Yeah. Do you think he'd be doing some some of his stature of his character? Do you think he'd be doing something like? Do you think the rest of the team would be making him sing some sort of song? I, mean, <laughs> <in the beginning? laughs> I, I think I think even Ibrahimovic does it, man. Oh, I think all the players have to follow the tradition, and I don't think anyone is bigger than that. Oh well, but maybe. I wish there is a video out there of Ibrahimovic. Doing something like that, singing like. Uh... I think it's the self-confidence. If you believe in what you do and keep doing it, I mean, when I was young, I had a lot of people telling me you have to adjust to the other ones. You have to be like the other ones. I was listening, but I, I wasn't always following. I dragged it in. How do you say? I was listening, but I did my own thing. I kept doing my own thing. And I believed in myself. What was like the question there? Like, they judge you even before you come and they don't even know you. And that was 
outside the pitch and inside the pitch. But I kept going. I kept going, and it brought me where I am today. Confidence and believing what you do. That is, I think that is the goal target. If they can do it, I can do it. And that's the mentality. If somebody else can do it, you can do it. And I said to myself, I will do it, and I will do it better. I try to, when I do something, want to be the best. I will not be happy being the second, third, or the fourth. I won't. My inspiration is that above everybody else, and that's in everything I do, in my project like this, in my football. And another thing, whatever everybody else says is not important. So if they tell you you're best, it's not important. The important is that you say you're the best. But even Ibrahimovic, when he comes into a team, I feel like he takes a lot of space because that's his character. That's how he is, you know what I mean? Yeah. And with a lot of respect, he is shown that respect too. But this weekend, man, uh, this weekend, um, something happened in the uh, Liga, a game between PSG and Lyon. Yeah. Penalty situation where um, Cavani took that ball and put it on the spot. But Neymar, kind of actually pretty discreet, came to him and said, I don't exactly know what he said, but he wanted to take the penalty. Yeah. But Cavani didn't let him do it. Yeah. And... Uh, it was a big thing, really. It was a little big, big thing. And doesn't necessarily have to be a big thing about this type of things. And Cavani was like asked if everything okay between you and Neymar. And again, he had to answer it like, because that was the all the questions to him basically when he played alongside with Ibrahimovic yeah. was like do you guys get along the question was asked to Ibra the question was asked to Cavani um, and I, we want to present you that time when Ibrahimovic was asked about his relationship to Cavani a lot of people speak about your relationship with uh, Edinson in the beginning of the a lot of people or you a lot of press people, yeah. A lot of people or you? I, I, I speak from time Good. about your relationship. What is the, the real relationship between you, you and the media? But you seem to know better than me. No, no, I don't know. I'm not but you're writing know. about it, not me. I, I'm waiting for you. I, I'd like to know... What but still you you're talking about it, so how do you know? How do you know? We know that we score a lot of goals since we are arriving, but sometimes in the game we shouldn't uh, add some pass, some better relationship. Don't the coach say that? And you know better football than me? No. So why are you talking? I ask you, do I, do, I do my job. Are you a journalist or a camera guy? I am a journalist. So why are you holding the camera? You should have a camera <laughs> guy, no? My, because my boss wants you to meet you. To so he's low budget. <laughs> and you know, even back then, they were, they were asking these questions and, you know, try to somehow, I don't know what they actually looking for, but I read, uh, well, let me ask well, you. I think they're looking for Ibra to say either yes or preferably, or either yes, everything's fine with us, or preferably something like no, there's not, everything's not okay with us. But they that's, cannot, that's the they, story. they can't take no for no. You know, they're always, no. again, now they're this question is coming like. up, you know? Yeah. Is it because you have two strong personalities and players that want to be like the face of the club? Yeah. Is, it, is, that, is that why? this issue is caused is that the problem perhaps and you know goal scorers like Ibrahim mentioned Cavani Neymar and Cavani 
are uh, they have you have to have a big ego right to, yeah. to score a lot of goals so they just maybe they're not even thinking about being the face of the club or being the the best or whatever they're just like i want to score this goal something like that so uh, it didn't stop there either. I don't remember if this happened before or after the penalty, but uh, there was that free kick incident too. Yes. Where uh, I've never really seen Cavani take... I think I've seen him take free kicks occasionally, but I would have guessed generally Neymar would be the number one choice there. Yeah. But I guess they were also disputing over free kick, and then he even got other teammates into it. Danny Alves hiding the ball from Cavani or so, and then giving it to Neymar. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I mean, it divides the 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 team in a way. Yeah. Um, but I think they the. I mean, he even there are some media outlets that are talking about that Neymar even went personally to the president and asked them to sell Cavani. I uh, mean, is that is that is that even uh, that logical? Like, is that something? Uh, you think Neymar can do what any player can do? Have that gut, have that like courage to actually go and ask for something that big, right? You know I what I mean? I think that's kind of ballsy. I think it's a little ballsy to do something like that, uh, especially pe- if you're new in a club, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, especially if you're new. Actually, now that you think about it, but people anticipated Neymar leaving Barcelona, coming to PSG. So he could be, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what people said, uh, so that he could be like what Messi is, yes. just at PSG. Yes. Yes. And maybe a lot of people at PSG expected that. They expected yeah. Neymar to come in, and you know what? We're going to have to we're gonna have to, to adjust the way we do things in order to accommodate him and have him do the way, mm-hmm. how he, have him do things the way he likes it. And, and you mean, in that way, kind of oversee that the last, two seasons it has actually been Cavani that taking the penalties yeah or Matudi especially since Iber left exactly right and, and, and poor Cavani that uh, he had this talk with him and Ibra yeah as opposed to conflict Ibra leaves finally Cavani gets like one season where he's the guy and now Neymar comes in and Cavani has to go through it all over oh again oh my god it's the cycle back <laughs> he never becomes the number one uh, in that way I know I know what do you I mean what do you make of it though? Do you do you think, you know, Cavani should back off and give it to Neymar or do you think Neymar has the weight to be able to say stuff like cuz you, you know Messi at Barcelona, if Neymar wants to be like what Messi was at Barca, yeah. Messi had a lot of pull around that club. I think uh, Neymar should respect that uh, Cavani has been the number one penalty taker and is Mm. and should not overstep his that boundary you know I think it's uh, coming in and just taking everything on is kind of like disrespecting what was before he mm. came and I remember now when we're talking about this man there was this American guy that came to Adelsberg and um, Adelsberg equal where I play right and it, it was um, his name was Nate so Nate I think he was from Florida. Uh, he used to play together with Alejandro Bedoya as well when they were younger. Huh. And um, he traveled like so many countries in Europe to try to make it as a soccer player, right? He went to so many tryouts and so many leagues and he just tried to become a soccer player, you know? 
and one option was to come to Sweden and he went to a tryout at, with Hugh Gordon and you know they wanted to sign the contract with him but it didn't happen I'm not exactly sure why why it didn't happen so the guy that helped him to get the tryouts to Hugh Gordon um, helped him to play for us right alright and I remember Nate making one practice right he made one fucking practice and we were gonna play we were gonna play Erbro Escorts like second team basically they were on the same division with us mm -hmm. you get me mm -hmm. and obviously that's a big game that's a important game and I was really looking forward to it and the games before I was starting as well like two three games I, I, I was starting and expected to start now too you know what I mean and Nate made one fucking practice and started the game and and basically uh, kept starting after that like he barely were fit he barely were good but just that the idea that he's been out in Europe and doing tryouts and you go to might want to have him and all this he got so many chances relegation time for our club and the coach decided to put some with some players with heart instead because it was very obvious that he was just there to get his numbers up his stats up yeah. you know so I felt that was very wrong from the coach to make that decision you know that's, um, that's something that you see in big clubs every now and then too whenever they sign in a new player or like with uh, say Coutinho yeah he missed the first two weeks or so of the Premier League season, and there was talks whether should he start him right away because he's that he's the best player for Liverpool, right. or should he sort of weed him back into uh, the lineup, the starting right. lineup. Um, so apparently, with what you're talking about, your coach chose to put him in right away, right away. But he wasn't like fit, you know what I mean, and nothing really came out of it. And I thought it was a little bit disrespect for. The team and what we had going on you know anyways I feel like uh, Neymar should have respected that he is the number one penalty but what is been coming up to the surface is that in their contracts they are getting bonus for amount of goals they score yeah. Yeah. and uh, apparently there's also like um, Cavani and it's very likely that's the case with even Neymar yeah I appreciate a lot of players yeah, I think this was in penalties, though. Specifically penalties? Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe. Wow, that's kind of yeah strange. So, uh, you know, of... both recognize that they can make money. It's one way to look at it. Do you think the uh, coach should have done better? I know afterwards the coach has said, Unai Emery has said, um, no, this is something that they're going to have to resolve, that they're going to have to work out. Do you mm. think it should be left to the players? Because if I were him, I'd just say, like, preferably right from the start of the season, okay, Cavani, you're my penalty taker. Neymar, you're my free kick taker. Uh, Draxler, you're my corner kick taker, whatever. Yeah. And so there's no no doubt, no questions or anything like that. Exactly. I think that's what needs to be done. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes, um, sometimes... The coach lets the players handle it on the pitch because 
you know, he might not have the feeling to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but in this case, I think it's the coach that has to set who's taking it. Yeah. So this type of stupid conversations doesn't need to happen in the media. Yeah. And do you think uh, it's funny because the first couple of games up until this point, it seemed like things were going great. For PSG, yeah. I mean, they still won comfortably. They're still yeah. probably going to win. I mean, like that pass from Cavani to Neymar, right? That amazing in uh, a couple of games ago. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, they had a good. They have a good relationship. And I'm thinking exactly. I was thinking the other one too, where Neymar did three ball into Cavani mm. and he scored. Uh, so yeah, everything seemed yes. great. They seemed like they were, like you said, good relationship. They were enjoying each other's company on the field. Uh, do you think this will change? Do you think maybe this? No. Will- you don't I don't think, don't think so. so. I no. hope not. Hope no, not. I don't think so. Not. Because you, you know that, like we said, Danny Alves is obviously on Neymar's side. They're good buddies. Uh, and Neymar, a big reason for Neymar going to PSG was because of the Brazilians there. So you figure that mostly, that most likely they would take his side and maybe this would cause some sort of friction. Maybe others would think along the way you think, and I, I, I agree with. Uh, but others would be on Cavani's side and say, hey, he's been here already. He's been an established penalty taker, so uh, it could cause divisions. It could, this. it could, but I believe, I want to believe that at this stage where PSG is, they cannot afford something like that. Mm. Like they cannot afford like a interim fight in the locker rooms and shit like that when they all really wants to wants to win Champions League. You know what I mean? Mm. So they won't have that. They won't let that come in the way of the big picture. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. 10 minutes still to go. Oh, there's a fight going on here between two Newcastle players. Kieran Dyer and Lee Boyer are having a fight. Goodness me, what on earth is going on? I have never seen such a thing. Lee Boyer and Kieran Dyer suddenly were at each other's throats. Well, what does he do now? Barry Knight calling the two players towards him. It's a red card for Kieran Dyer, and that means it will have to be, surely, a red card for Lee Bowyer. It is. Good grief. A big game that gave a lot of hope for fans is the Chelsea-Arsenal game. And if you look at the stats, it's talking against Arsenal. They haven't won at Stamford Bridge in a very long time. 2000. 12, I think, once they won 5-3. Van Persie with a hat-trick. See? Oh my god, it's been that long, right? Yeah. And uh, before this game, Arsenal played against Bournemouth and won. And I said that I was impressed by the way they played. You know, mm-hmm. they had a lot of quick one-touch passes, fast attacks, and before it felt like Arsenal were trying to build up the attack, la, or can I say, like like Barcelona style. Like build the attack and come forward, you know what I mean? Yeah. But against Bournemouth, they were more like, okay, once we win the ball, we go straight to the attack. And they brought the same game against Chelsea. I mean, you mentioned the Bournemouth game. But yes. Chelsea is in Bournemouth. It's not. Obviously. And right before the Bournemouth game, uh, right before the international break, I think everyone were comparing, seeing how would Arsenal play like against Bournemouth, or more likely would they play like they did against Liverpool, which was complete capitulation, pretty much getting 
waltzed around by yeah. by the Liverpool players. They're five yards apart and they couldn't even touch them, nowhere near them. So against another title contender like Chelsea, people thought would uh that Arsenal show up, would the Liverpool Arsenal show up, or would the Bournemouth one show up. Yeah. And uh you're right, it was a bit more like the Bournemouth one. Yeah. Um obviously Chelsea, like I said, they're different, so uh Arsenal weren't able to score three, but they were much more direct, they're much more combative, they're much more uh, intense and physical and ready. They're up for it. Up they're for up it. for this game. Totally. In fact, Chelsea had no answer at much uh, of this game. At one point in the game, I felt like, okay, Arsenal players are going to get tired. I was because they're, you know, they're running so much and working really hard and Chelsea will take over. But that didn't happen. They kept going, and we have to give a lot of credit to all the players. They did really good, you know? Yeah. And In uh, fact, what they did, sorry to cut you off, but no, what no. they did, uh, Ozo, I think, is slightly injured, but he didn't play this game. Exactly. Uh, it will be in his place. Yeah. And I didn't see much from him offensively, but yeah. I remember you told me defensively, Arsenal much more balanced with the will be on the field. Yeah. Uh, also, Sanchez, to some people's dismay, including mine, I thought he should have started. But he started on this bench, on the bench, and you know he's going to bring in a bunch of energy. So anytime Arsenal did start to feel tired, and you bring in a spark plug like Electric San- electric, 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 electric Sanchez. Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Alexis Sanchez. Uh, um. <laughs> I think it's a little bit politics in there. Like, um, we all know that Alexis might leave next season, right? Maybe yeah. even in January they'll talk. So I don't think he will go in January. Neither, but. but, you know, to put Welbeck on the bench after such a good start, start in the season, is for him, like, man, you're not gonna give me the chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not gonna let me play while I'm doing good. And then you know already that uh, Sanchez might leave. I think there has to be a little bit long-term factors that come into Perhaps. this game too. Perhaps the keeps... Which well, is not but, a really ideal thing, you know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I guess, I guess not. But I guess the fact that he did start Welbeck after a good start uh, is a way to keep Welbeck happy because yeah. you know San- Sanchez is most likely leaving. Yeah, Welbeck as it as it stands now is staying for a bit longer, so you don't want to keep him happy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Then yeah, uh, which is a little bit dangerous, but true. I think there, is that the point? That's where they are, right? But Sanchez also haven't played that many games. To start with him, I would start with him to it's Alexis end of the day. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to have someone like with Iobi and Ozil's character or style, you know what I mean? Yeah. The only difference was that um, when Ozil gets the ball, he's a little bit more like he slows down the game a little bit, you know what I mean? Like he's excellent and very creative, but he takes a few touches. He's not straight going to the attack, but... I will be, man. He he sees those runs and he goes forward. You know, he push-ups, drives with the ball and gives another dimension. So it's going to give Arshan Wenger a headache. And uh, before we move on, I quickly want to give a shout-out and praise to the... Well, I just pretty much every Arsenal player played well. Like I said, I don't think it will be... For me, offensively, he didn't do much. But... Uh, as defensively, I see what you're saying. Yeah. What well, did bring balance, but Mustafi had himself a monster game. He did. Koscielny, it was a lot easier for Koscielny because Mustafi and Monreal, Monreal were so reliable back yeah. there. So Koscielny wasn't being pulled all over the place. 
uh, Klasnach was as strong as ever. Yeah. And for me, Ramsey and Shaka were excellent, excellent. in the middle. The, this was one of the best games they yes. played together. Shaka just... I hardly saw him do anything wrong. Sat there in front of the defense, protected them, sprayed yeah. passes around, freed up Ramsey to play like he does for Wales, like we saw in the Euros, where Ramsey could just fly it forward anywhere yeah. he wanted and just be a nuisance. And uh, what do we think about what happened against Cologne? Um, <laughs> what do we think about that? It's very like the Trojan horse in the ancient Trojan Greek. Horse. Yeah, you know, like you Why bring. You I mean, what was it's like? Oh, you mean for the fans? Fans, oh. you know, <laughs> okay. Like, I could you know, that. they bought bought the tickets from those Arsenal fans closest, so they had a, almost a big section yeah. of Cologne supporters, and twenty thousand people showed up. I can't remember. I don't think all of them were in the stadium. I don't think all twenty thousand were in the stadium. Maybe half of that, which is still a lot. Still a lot, yeah. Like the rest, I think, yeah. were just standing outside the stadium still. And uh, the UEFA have you know filed charges against both teams. Yeah. You know, it's the security, and you know, it could be worse, man. Like I mean, imagine <laughs> Arsenal being, or imagine this be like later in the season, right? And this game was super important, uh, and Arsenal, God forbid, would lost that game. That could create some really damage. You know what I mean? But weird that another team comes up and shows up even louder almost than the Arsenal <laughs> fans. And Arsenal fans said like, wow, what amazing uh, atmosphere created. And, you know, it was fun to watch and uh, from from my TV. And it was fun yeah. to watch at home, but I bet it was fun to watch the game live. True. At the same time, I bet they were both amazed and also slightly disappointed or shocked totally, or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I find I'm find it funny because you don't see this very often outside of the u.s outside of the u.s national team <laughs> right right i mean yeah there's so many talks especially after recent world cup qualifiers with costa rica and often with mexico or honduras or el salvador even friends against european teams like germany yeah. or countries like brazil or something where the u.s national team is always outnumbered the fans are outnumbered <laughs> or even if they're not outnumbered they're just out uh voiced they're True. not as loud so you hear that it's become like normal in the u.s so it's so strange and kind of funny to see it somewhere else it's almost refreshing i mean for me no but i mean else. it surprised me when i was watching the game you heard a lot of cologne fans and it almost like man we need to step up our game arsenal support is in the, I in the stadium you i know? noticed that and then i remember Cologne were were like whenever Arsenal had the ball, you'd hear whistles. Yeah, so loud Ooh, whistles from the Cologne yeah. fans. And then yeah, like you said, it seemed like Arsenal fans were were saying to themselves, "Yeah, we have to step up." And then started chanting, "Yeah, this is oh, our Arsenal, home, yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal." But even yeah. then, it was yeah. still a little drowned out by the Cologne fans. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> and also it felt like man, they're not used to it. Nah, you know, they're not really used to it, and. It just makes it more sweet when we go and watch like Atlanta United, and you have the almost the in, yeah you have the entire stadium um, singing along, chanting, and basically interacting together at the same time. And uh, we, we broke the record. We did seventy thousand people. Seventy thousand four hundred twenty-five. I tried to get it higher, right? <laughs> so many people came to a live soccer game in United States, in Atlanta, Georgia. Y'all, the largest 
uh, standalone single game MLS game uh, ever attended. What's well, a fun game too? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a good a good game for spectacle for seventy thousand people. Totally, man. It was three like to three down one goal. Yeah, one one down two one two two yeah. down three two three three. Oh yeah. Oh my God, Joseph Martinez. Joseph Martinez. <laughs> what an incredible player he is. Oh man. Uh, he's been missing like eleven games. This season already, something like that, and uh, yet close to win the goal. He has sixteen goals and I think fourteen games or maybe twelve games. Actually, I remember probably more than twelve games. And the goals he scores, man, are like high level striker, man. That second goal when he's up in the cross that comes in, he's so high up in the air and perfect timing to the ball. And like a true striker, he heads the ball down on the goal line. And the keeper has no chance, you know. I think like, of the the third goal mm. where the cross from Tito Vialba, good cross into his face in front of him, bouncing, and he just runs on there ahead of his defender. The bouncing ball gets a touch on it and finishes at the near. Real good man. shot, like that. boom, excellent yes. finish. Yes, he scored a hat trick, and it's his second hat trick, like in, in like six days. Six or something days, like that. yeah, <laughs> incredible and fun. And you know, I had different seats this time, right? I was more like in the corner of the stadium and uh, kind of like at the restaurant so i really didn't have anyone you know like fans around me so it was a little bit up to and it was like something i could hold on to and lean over to so i almost felt like i was like the coach watching it you know what i mean i felt like a scout or something you know like mm-hmm. um and uh, it was a liberating feeling to be able to scream as loud as you can at a soccer game. It's liberating, you know? Like, just scream, like, come on! Like, really mean it and loud. I never really had that before. You know, like, growing up, I went to some Urbro games, but I never were among the supporters. Yeah. You know? And um, Arsenal games... I never, you know, watching at home, you're not really screaming at every chance, like, come on, or you're cheering with it. But watching Atlanta United live, I got that, like, true uh, fan feeling of, like, uh, screaming as loud as your lungs lets you, basically. Yeah. And uh, it would be such a sweet moment, and I would never forget if they would have won that game. Oh, uh, yeah. That would be really that would like, be the most memorable moment probably of the season. Season, season. you know, and and those are the ten games that are wow. What other games happen this weekend? Well, we got Manchester United, who's been pretty much flying. Both Manchester clubs, United playing Everton, Wayne Rooney returning to Old Trafford, and Everton. people are like discussing. I'm sorry, but people are discussing like how are they, are they gonna welcome in? Are you? kidding me man like (laughs) of course you're gonna applaud the guy that broke the record you know what i mean yeah and done so much to your club like what kind of discussion is that (laughs) um they also welcomed him with a four nothing loss (laughs) so united but united won four nil you think oh they kind of dominated uh and they're good in front of goal but everton actually did put pressure on them uh this game i remember i said to you with the signings everton made rooney i think is a a lot of people think it's a weird signing, but I think it's a good signing for Excellent Everton. Signing. 
Then now Sigurdsson, David Klassen, Pickford, yep. Michael Keane. Good signings for Everton. I thought they could break into that top six, yes. at least. Yes. I don't know. I don't think No, no, that. You but... said it early on, and they did look good, right? Times, but with his loss, even though, yeah, they did look okay, actually, against United. But then also in the week for the Europa League, they got destroyed, destroyed. in Italy. Yeah. Uh, but this is my take, right? What I saw from the game is that they play, they have the quality, but they do too many mistakes. Like, the, so many times in this game where they made passes or long balls or similar to that, but they lost it. So they worked so hard, they ran so much because they made so many mistakes. Ah. Like if they play a little bit smarter and don't lose those balls and actually get a chance to control it a little bit more, they have a good squad. They, like I said to myself, like Everton played bad. Like if you were like an Everton manager, you say we played really bad, but that bad level was still a fight against United. Yeah. It seems to me that's probably what would separate Everton from the bigger teams. And what maybe you could say has kind of separated them in the past several years. I don't know. But especially now. Just they have all the quality. They have a good squad. Um, but yeah, just maybe take some time to iron out that those mistakes. But Everton is an interesting project now. Yeah, absolutely. They have new owners. The new stadium is coming out. They have really? Coleman as the coach that... Being you know player at Barcelona high level, but Komen is uh, uh, there are rumblings of Komen being one of the next managers to be fired. I I don't believe it. <laughs> I I don't think so. I mean he's to me a coach that really goes for like winning. You know what I mean? Like what did they do against United? They even went down on three defenders while they were down with one goal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they still went for like, get that draw at least. Mm -hmm. And uh, that just shows me that even though they're losing, they want to get back into the game. Yeah. Uh, I think they have something I think they're an ambitious club for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think a club that in, uh, a little bit wants to get into that mm. is West Brom. Also, oh. also new owners, also new try to... These clubs are starting to understand that you know we cannot just play and try to make it in Premier League. Yeah, you know we 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 falling behind too much. I think and this go ahead keep talking, but this yeah. is something that I was thinking about this weekend that I would like to talk to you in another for another day. Sure. Uh, about sure. the mediocrity of clubs like West Brom and stoke and the exactly like that. exactly pretty much just there just to exist they I mean, aren't there to move up they aren't there right. to move down so some of these clubs are actually got new chinese owners you have to also look at like club like west ham like new stadium bigger one right right uh, new players that at least have some good quality experience and names and uh, they're trying to keep that effort to move forward with similar tactics that Manchester City and clubs like Chelsea somehow have put in. Not like buying the world's most expensive players like that, but still be able to buy in expensive players and have some results mm. and show that we have a, we want to have improvement going. But basically the only club that hasn't really sold is like Newcastle United. 
and Mike Ashley, he's pretty tough. Like sometimes he wants to sell it, sometimes he doesn't want to sell it. <laughs> um, but I really think these clubs that are in that area that you're talking about are really looking over like a plan. How can we get into that top six? How can we not fall behind too much? Because otherwise, you have games like now it's too tough to say, but Watford, Manchester City, yeah, six zero to Manchester City, and uh, you know what do you do with a team like Watford? Yeah, you know, like yes, you watch Manchester City, but in all of is that nature, something that you should just accept? Or I mean, you? dude, in in my nature, in our nature as a soccer player and coach, is that to win every game, we go out to win every game. There's nothing worse than feeling like we sucked. Mm. We were not there. We're not even close. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that is, you know. Trust me, I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like hard. It's not heartbreaking, you know? Mm. So that's tough to, the reality of that is tough. And the reality of that can make Premier League a little bit like two totally different groups. You know what I mean? Yeah. Before we move out of England... Manchester, you just mentioned Manchester City. They did dominate uh, uh, Watford. Both Manchester clubs are top of the league. Of those two, yes, they're still it's still early, and there's still you'll still hear plenty from maybe Arsenal. We can hope, but certainly Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, uh, both Tottenham and Liverpool drawing, I believe, right? They did, um, and Chelsea. But both Manchester clubs. Which one do you think, real quick, has impressed you more? Which do you think of those two has the has the uh, higher chance of winning? Long, winning the Premier League, I think, um, Manchester City. Mm. And why am I thinking that? Because I think, like, this year they have a little bit more finished team. Okay. You know? They're more of the finished product. Product, product, yeah. It's like this year, maybe next year. But this year they look like they are really in shape. And especially with having Gabriel Jesus... I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that. With him, there's so much talks with him or Aguero. Yes. One or the other. Can they play with each other? Like <laughs> Neymar and Cavani yeah. or something, right? Do they get along? Does Pep like Aguero? Yeah. Uh, but you have to have Aguero on the field. But, but they the play, past, they're they, playing together the together, last couple of games. Yeah. And they're just amazing. Yeah, amazing, together. you know? And imagine like being a defender. Usually you have almost like two defenders on one striker. And now you have Gabriel Jesus that goes in between yeah. them. And or they complete each other in a really good way because yeah. they have a similar playing style, I would yeah. say. I've been saying for a little while now, to you at least, it seems to the the two striker setup, two striker formation seems to have died out now. It doesn't have to be four four two, but it seems much more popular to play with one striker. Which is fine, but why why don't team get back to two striker yeah. partnerships and such, especially why does it have to be either Aguero or uh, Jesus, why well, can't sure. I'd want I'd want both of them on the yeah. field, and, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, so it's pretty impressive, and and uh, I'm happy to see Ilka Yunduan doing comeback. Yeah, it was fun to see him coming back after like nine months without being able to play like a soccer game, and um, it's shame that Paul Pogba yeah got subbed off and um, injured. injured hamstring injury they would take him away from the soccer field for like a couple of weeks the reason why he was injured was that he has been practicing on his own 
and Manchester United Manchester United disliked the fact that he didn't respect their training plan and did more activities outside so uh, and obviously playing with the French team he, he might be tired you know he might mm, be tired perhaps. and similar to if you look at the transfer fee Barcelona's some man Dembele yeah. got injured and he's gone for three months they bought him for yeah. 150 million euros and he is injured now yeah he played what two games one and a half games and uh, he's supposed to be a replacement for Neymar uh, and goes down with an injury that's not a solution there now no not at all <laughs> but Barcelona I, everyone thought including myself that Barcelona are on the down or they're stagnating they're struggling they don't have as much depth they lost Neymar uh, guys like Iniesta Piquet uh, what's his name Busquets yep. are getting older Mascherano is getting older um, and while meanwhile Real Madrid are just flying but Barcelona top of the league they are they're looking very good Suarez was injured but he's come back much earlier than expected Neymar I'm sorry not Neymar Messi is is flying he's yep. totally confident he's taking control of games like yep. we expect him to um, and they're leading the league right now they are they're leading the league they're do they just destroyed Juventus in the Champions League yeah and uh without a doubt yeah meanwhile real madrid is actually kind of struggling a little bit they are yeah and they have struggled with even the striker like asensio had a weird injury right <laughs> <laughs> i mean what was it he's shaving his leg and then uh like a pimple pimple cut a pimple or something like that and got it infected <laughs> last place i want to go to is italy mm. and one, Italy, I think, is looking like... Juventus is still probably the favorites, but it's looking like early on a good league. Juventus, Napoli, Inter Milan, all looking very strong. Mm-hmm. All, I think, um, I think they're perfect. They're the only teams that have won every game. Along with uh, Milan is just... I think they've just lost one. They're only three points back. Uh, they won this weekend against Udinese. Juventus, Dybala dominated uh, Sassuolo, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Napoli, Napoli oh my gosh they crushed crushed uh, newcomers Benevento uh, and Insigne I mean just those front three Insigne Callejon uh, Dries Mertens yes they just look impeccable they're amazing together they played for a couple of seasons now together and they're getting to know each other well they're also especially Insigne and Mertens and Kaihan to a slightly lesser extent, but they're so small. They're yeah. so short. They're like they, you. Thank you. But they're but they're very <laughs> they're very quick and skillful and amazing on the ball. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you just described my style. Uh, That's why I like Insignia, man. I me too. You never know what he will do, but you know that he will bring like quality into the game. A lot of good passes. Always a danger in the attack. And they all are pretty similar to each other, so it's it's exciting trio on the top. Mm-hmm. And I know the Italian national team is, uh, they're I guess now there's lagging behind Spain. They're not that strong. I think they're still a very quality side. They're maybe not quite as big on that tier as like Germany or Spain or France or something. But I think they're deeper than they have been in a while with the likes of Insigne, uh, Bernadeschi, uh, Juventus now. What's his name? What's his name? Well, Donnarumma and... What's his name? The Milan guy. The... Romagnoli at mm, Milan. Uh, I like how you try <laughs> to find the names and then you find it, you know? <laughs> um, 
I didn't even go in with the plan. I was just, I just assumed. <laughs> uh, I mean, I look at a club like Milan. Yes. And Juventus has had like a good Italian backbone, especially they have, they don't have Benucci now, but Benucci, Chiellini, Barzagli, the like, Marquisio going forward. Um, uh, and I look at a club like Milan who have been struggling. Yeah. Everyone knows. Now they're looking a lot stronger, a lot more promising with a lot of new signings. And you know? a lot of options. A lot of options, right? So it's well known they, how big they've been active this summer. Very much. Uh, what did they do? Brought in 10, 11 players. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, all quality players. Good players, too. Chala Noglu. Score one goal on first day. Mm-hmm. Andre Silva. Andre Silva, I think, is great. And they didn't even start this weekend. No, they didn't actually. You're so right. you, you Kalasinac, Kalasinac. <laughs> Is that mean between Kalasinac and Kalasic? Kalic, the striker for Milan. Oh, Kalinic, Kalinic. Oh, they forgot about him too. They brought him in as Kalinic? well. Kalinic, yeah, Kalinic. Kalinic, the new striker. Yeah, scored two goals and they won against Udinese with two one. And you know, it's like you said. I think. The gap between Juventus and other clubs are it's, not that it's big. It's pretty anymore. exciting. I mean, yeah. with Juventus, Napoli, Inter, Milan. And Milan are doing it with, I think, a perfect mix of veteran leadership of both foreign stars and Italian stars and youthful, you know, uh, youthful players coming up. Like, obviously, there's Donnarumma, yeah. Romagnoli. Uh, Calabria had a great game at right back, the right defender. Plus, they have, like, Bonucci. Who's captain of that game? Abate is still in the team. Abate right? is still a yeah. leader of that of that team, and uh, I mean, it's just I think promising for Milan. It's how they're doing it the right way. They're doing it like how they used to. Like once they brought in, I know I'm going extreme here. Once they brought in the likes of Baresi and Maldini. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> people remember that. <laughs> I thought you would say something like when they brought in like Shevchenko and Rio. That too. That complemented yeah. them perfectly. So it's like a perfect mix of that era and they're not quite that good but they're showing signs of playing that way um, and that's right every roster not necessarily they need to but successful teams they have a good mix between up-and-coming stars yeah. they have veterans and uh, also a coach that has played too right Montella's so is a good one to lead them i think you think he's the right one to lead Milan to a so. Champions Champions League spot. Champions okay, League yeah. spot. Yeah, I thought you were about to say Champions League title. I'm like, ah, oh, oh, it's still not there, more man. Time. But yeah, to a Champions League spot. Wait, can you imagine that Borini scores three goals in a Champions League final? No, I can't. No, so we're not there. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. Uh, but I, I do think they're they're on the track for a Champions League spot with that perfect mix of, let alone veteran mix and, Ita- and youthful mix but just italian core and that just got me thinking because after that game the next day i mean i watched the arsenal chelsea game and it just got me thinking i noticed on that feet on that game one english player mm-hmm. count them one english player was on the field for that i'm pretty sure the entire game it gotta be and then arsenal chelsea is is you can guess who it is cahill gary cahill and Arsenal Chelsea is one of the premier fixtures of the Premier League, one of the biggest fixtures of English football, two gigantic English clubs, and they only fielded one English player in that game. Hmm. You could also throw on Ramsey as another Welsh British player, but still Walcott on the bench. Yeah. Uh was he on the bench? Either way he didn't play. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't play. Um 
That's low numbers. It is. And I feel like for big clubs, no matter where you are, you do need, like you just said, you need that, those uh, signs for the future, signs for for that of local talent. You need that local talent coming through. What if you look at like team like Manchester City? You have uh, the same Stones, yeah. Sterling. And is that it? They got Kyle Walker now. Yes. Um, is that it? I yeah. can't think of any at the moment. They have, I guess, players. They do have English youth players, but right. they don't see much time. Chelsea has a lot of English youth players that. Uh, don't see a lot of time. I know that the Turkish league have put in a new rule, and it's like now you can use unlimited, I think, foreign players in your even have in your squad. Before it was like, you know, you started with like, you start for, it started with like three, six, yeah. seven, and now you have unlimited. And so when you look at the different teams in Turkish league, you get actually surprised how many foreign players are in that squad. And I know. Bashak Shehi, when they played the Europa League this weekend on Thursday, they only had two Turkish players on the pitch, and that was Volkan Babacan, the goalkeeper for Turkey as well, and Emre Belizolo, that everybody oh, knows. Legend, keep, yeah. yeah, still keep playing, right? And they were the only ones. And uh, and b- before, you know, uh, before I didn't feel that much bad about it, but now I'm like, Ah, it doesn't really fit into the picture, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like the Turkish league, but yet you barely have any Turkish players that yeah. start. Yeah. And um, what is, does this mean, Kerry? Well, long term, I'm afraid this sort of thing could affect national teams. For taking back to England for a moment, and you know better about Turkey than me, but taking back to England for a moment, uh, there's always there's often talk of. Where is the English youth coming in? The English youth talent coming yeah. in, uh, taking the 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 place of old guys like or veterans, quality players, but guys like Gerard and Lampard or or uh, John Terry, guys that probably should have been Wayne Rooney, even that should have been maybe uh, weeded out a bit earlier than they were, mm. and taken over by guys like Sterling or or Jordan Henderson or Harry Kane or something like that, who is on the team now, but. And the, the national team has suffered, perhaps because of it. Harry Nat, uh, Harry, <laughs> Harry Nat, Red, <laughs> Harry Nat, what? And uh, Harry Redknapp had a comment about England playing against Malta, and this is what he was thinking about that game. You to win to, Jake. We don't, we don't win anything. We win, we qualify, we beat all these teams. Ten out of ten, we win. We get to the tournament useless. Yeah. It happens year <laughs> after year after year. So I've even lost interest. I'm sitting the other night. I'm not even watching the game. I've got it on, and I'll be honest with you, I hear, I hear the commentator go, we're playing Malta. He goes, this number 18, he works at the checkout counter during the week of a supermarket. And I think, what am I watching this for? I can't wait for the Premier League to start a game. And I'm excited today coming here, watching a proper game, looking at the results. That fortnight for me is a dead fortnight. But that's... And what... Harry Redknapp is pointing out is something that I want to raise a finger for the future, you know? Like, basically, he means that there is not enough, like, high-level soccer in that game. There's not enough of entertainment. There's not enough of class. And not even from the British players, too, you know? Mm. Like, they play against a team like Malta, but the biggest names that you have are, like, uh, you know what I mean? I was looking up this sort of topic is very touchy and it's not an easy 
solution and an easy right. fix has gone through in U.S. soccer in the past with like the NASL in the past where we brought in all these major stars. The league NASL was booming, really popular and exciting, but the national team was garbage. Mm. Uh, uh, and MLS has made strides to make sure that doesn't happen. Right. Uh, so I hope England, the same, they, they don't go down that downfall as well. But whenever... I still do this, even though the game has changed. When I would think of, say, even in the 90s. In the 90s, you'd think of English teams. You'd think of Arsenal or Manchester United or something. Yeah. And you'd think of a certain style. Yeah. And each team would play in that style that suits the English mentality or the mm-hmm. English style and such. Look at Barcelona and Real Madrid. They would play a way that suits the Spanish style. Right. Uh, filled with Spanish players Liverpool, Man United were filled with English players, and you look at uh, Italy, and they play maybe super defensive, pragmatic that sit, fits the Italian style. Filled with players like uh, 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 like Maldini or yeah. Baresi that played for Milan yeah. or the likes of Inter Milan or whatnot, yeah. and Conte at Juventus. Now I look at the g- today's game, and I don't quite see the that strict or that distinct style or flavor from each league from each team of each mm. league and, and whatnot i think about like a player like Johan cruyff mm-hmm. what he brought in to barcelona with his ideology from the dutch league and dutch that total football and then you look at the coaches like pep guardiola with his spanish and catalonia background and yeah. then you look at um, conte with his italian playing style right. and mentality that he had and then you look at Wenger that actually brought in a lot of French players yeah. and was a big revolution to the game and Premier League. And uh, you also look at a coach like West Ham's Slaven Bilic. Yeah. You have Mourinho. You have Jurgen Klopp. All of these are like foreign coaches that basically grew up in their own country coaching from the youth all the way up. And they know exactly what the best part of their own cultures and the soccer that they represent is. Mm -hmm. And then you think about the teams they're coaching. Look at Manchester City. Look at, uh, uh, look at, look at, uh, look at Manchester United. Arsenal. And look at Arsenal. Like, here is the gap, right? What is British then? Yeah. You know, what, what's, what's that word? And, uh, I read an article that said that Huddersfield are closing their academy. And because all the big clubs, if they put in a certain amount of money, they will be able to scout lower level, lower league teams and their players and basically buy them those talents for a fixed price. So every year, Huddersfield are putting down 4.5 million pounds on their academy. But in total, they have sold for like 1.5 million pounds so they're not making any money and the best players that might eventually grow the Mm -hmm. talent are at the young age leaving to the big clubs because they can have afford to have multiple teams Mm -hmm. so Huddersfield decided to close and shut down their academy just because other teams have more scouts in Huddersfield town than they have you know what I mean and can I ask what would say just this question what would happen to those young talents uh that may have started at Huddersfield that then get poached off to 
Manchester City or Chelsea or something like that? Do you think they get a good shot going all the way through? Or from the nature of those clubs and the how the, with the money pouring into the Premier League and right. how cutthroat it is, right. do they get they go to a club like Manchester City and get shunned off shunned off in in, in favor of some foreign superstar coming in? Uh, favor of the not necessarily the favor of the foreign superstar, but the favor of a foreign talent. It's mm-hmm. already at that age they are not looked on. They bring in someone like, uh, just something that comes up to my mind is like John Guidetti and uh, Vice, both actually playing for Celta Vigo now, mm-hmm. but they came from the City Academy. Like they bring in more and more foreign players and and the English players are looked over. Right. And uh, if you look at the players that are coming from the academies up, they're not really British either. No. I uh, Aviobi. Right, yeah, Nigerian, I mean? yeah, Gnabry, German, yeah, German, you know, uh, you got Rene Adelaide, exactly, Marcel French, uh, and uh, I'm afraid this this makes us sound like we're anti foreigners or something like that, exactly, like they're coming in and taking our jobs, yeah. or something like that. It's Which, not, it's not like it's I not don't like want that. it to be like that because it's that's what makes this topic I think so difficult because uh, it's good that I think the world game soccer nowadays is becoming a lot more diverse in that sense and uh and premier league is more or less representing the world the global game yeah it really is you know it's not really anymore british in that sense it just played in they happen to play in england england exactly but uh well i don't think they should take out most of the foreign players and have bring in more english players um I'm not saying that's strictly that's what they should do. I don't. I hope that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but but I just I just yeah. think the way that Milan is doing it, the way that a lot of other clubs, Juventus, yes, uh, Napoli, Barcelona, and Real Madrid is a perfect yeah. example. Um, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund as well. Yeah. Having that mix and making sure not they don't neglect yeah. the young local talent coming in. Uh, I think that's ultimately good of the game and the best the best uh, thing for. For England, for the Premier League, for any national association that that may be struggling with this. So
you know, it really feels good that I have started to go to the gym again and do my runs and sprints and lifting weights to just to feel that my body is getting stronger and stronger. I feel like my mindset is getting more and more stronger too. Like I feel like I'm getting more and more motivated. I get I get more determined and I feel more confidence coming into me just by setting out this time to go and work on my body. Like we are born in this body, correct? Yeah. And we live this world in this body too. And wherever we walk, wherever we run, whatever we do in our daily life, it's this body. I'm using this body. So I feel really good to start working out and get my body strong because my body deserves that. Everybody's body deserves that kind of treatment regardless of what it is, right? Mm. Uh, and showing your body respect is something that you will feel way more happier about. You know what I mean? We neglect, we say sometimes, oh, I overthink stuff or I do this and that. But we rarely think about the body. And the body is actually the machine or the vessel that keeps us going forward. It's actually holding us up now too, you know? So it feels good to be back at the gym and give my body a little bit more respect that, that have been neglected for a while. You know what? You've inspired me. As soon as I go home from, from once we finish recording, I'm gonna go home and eat an apple. You know what? <laughs> One step closer to <laughs> respect your body is, is better, right? That's monumental for me. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. It is good. You can't neglect uh, what we have. Uh, and ultimately, you feel much better. Once you get back out there, either 77 or 1111, it's going to feel nice. Because I know I felt good once yeah. I went back out after a long time off uh, to get back out on a full-size field, go out and play like Hazard did against Arsenal. Or play like... Mertesacker. No. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Insigne? No. No. Ronaldinho? <laughs> Nah, nah, it's too hard. I know who it was. Who was it? It was Carlton Cole. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> There's a guy I get on the team I played against, mm -hmm. and I saw him. He was doing pickup yesterday, uh, but he must have done this on purpose. He must have, but looked and played exactly like Isco. He looked exactly like Isco. Yeah, what? And played in the same position. I'm like this, guy, like dude, you're trying too much to look like a <laughs> to be like them. Was it? Was he good? He was all right. He didn't do much. He was good on the ball. He was good at keeping possession, but he didn't like do much going uh, forward. And Isco, talking about Isco, just extended his contract with Real Madrid, and he has a bright Did future he? ahead of him. He has come a long way, not being a starter, to become one of the key players. Another one who also just extended his contract is Danny Carvajal, who I don't know if I'd say he is yet, but he's on his way to being, I think, best right back in the world. And uh, there is two Spanish players right there extended yeah. with the, one of the best teams in the world. Yeah. And uh, we see the rise of uh, worldly talents around the world moving towards the Premier League and hoping to get a chance and they those that don't they go to Turkish league or other leagues you know what yeah. I mean um, but it definitely has serious 
issues if you're not focused on the youth development right. and the investment on academies and your homegrown players. And if you don't do it, the national team will suffer. And over time, you will see that uh, league or all the massive teams will be played in just one league. And do we want mm -hmm. it? You see proponent, proponents of that uh, European Super League? It goes towards that more and more. We'll see. We'll see. Guys, we are very happy that you listened to our episode. Straight up talk about football, the beautiful game. We're here every Wednesday with a new episode. Until next time, if you have a couple of questions that or topics that you would like us to talk about, Please send them to us on our Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter, and we will gladly talk about it and also also engage you in that talk. Fun. Thank you for listening to us again, and we will be here again. We do this for you, and we're happy about it. Thank you for listening to the Oz, Kosh, and King, King Soccer Podcast Show. Show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Most importantly, happy birthday to our Lord and Savior, Christian Pulisic. Wait, 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 wait. You forgot the most important person. And happy birthday to Nurullah Koshtime. Ah. My dad, his 67th birthday. Happy birthday. Domgunin Kutloso Babajem. Gratis Papa. Happy birthday to you.